This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 595 with guest TJ Huddleston, recorded on December 21st, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for The Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. I think we're going to have 50 degrees tomorrow, which means fire out in the back and because it's going to rain on Christmas for us. So we're going to get the fire in tomorrow night. Of course, we post the show with some world-class show notes. So I have a few tonight at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Mike Weger, who joined us last week. That was a bang-up episode. Good to have Mike back and a lot of good things to say. If you haven't caught up, on that, go back and listen to it. And big thanks also to our Patreon subscribers. If you haven't joined the crew and maybe that's something you want to do, maybe that's a good New Year's resolution for you. Like join a Patreon group. You could join ours. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon one month or as long as you want. We just have one easy plan, five bucks if you want to jump on the team. And of course, I always appreciate those who month in and month out support the network. Appreciate that. Speaking of that, we've updated the affiliate, uh, the Amazon affiliate link on the front page of theaverageguy.tv that just says Amazon support or support us on Amazon, something like that. Just click on it, then go buy stuff, and uh, that's always helpful to the network as well. Introduced him a little bit earlier, but TJ from HomeTech.fm is here. He's the other third. We've had Gavin on. Now TJ's on. He's the he is a third of uh, HomeTech.fm. And TJ, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Yeah, thanks. Great to be here. And uh, maybe we, we need to get Seth on the show now, too. So that way it's just, it's, to, it's just all yeah. complete now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Ask him if he wants to, and then we'll have him on. That way we've got the least, <laughs> the circuit is complete, and uh, we have him on. Before we get any farther, let's talk about Gavin, though, really quick. Like, we've had to Gavin on the show a couple times. Is he is as difficult to work with on home tech as he is here when he's on Home Gadget Geeks? I mean, can you can you can you can talk about him, right? It's, it's just us, right? No, I. <laughs> no, honestly, Gavin's great to work with. You know, yeah. out of out of the, I think the three of us, Gavin's probably the most on the ball with like the news stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our own Slack channel that kind of like your Discord channel, but just Slack instead. And throughout the day, I'll, I'll post news stories and stuff throughout there. And then Gavin's the one actually uploading it to our, our note server and stuff like that. So he's a little more on the ball than maybe Seth or I sometimes. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear that he, he, he we, we love having him. A big friend of Home Gadget Geeks, Gavin, always thanks for, for coming in. But it's not the Gavin show. It's the TJ show. Tonight. <laughs> so let's stop talking about Gavin. TJ, give us a little bit on your background. Where are you from? What do you do? Uh, th- those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from the the western side of Ohio, um, and you know I've always been interested in technology. I got my start working on computers. Um, you know, famously during the the Windows ME days when everything would just factory reset by itself, and you would have to set up somebody's computer again. And so that's where I got my start fixing computers at, and I, and I just really liked that. And you know, throughout high school and college, I, I would buy, you know, scrap electronics or and broken laptops and stuff like that. And I would fix them up and sell them, um, and, you know, and, and do whatever you, you did when you were in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really enjoyed that kind of stuff. But I didn't know what I wanted to do with technology. Um, I knew I didn't want to be in IT. You know, I, IT in general just never interested me. 
Um, and I always heard about like the awful work-life balance for, for a lot of those kind of professions. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, uh, I decided to take a, a, a summer camp job in New York. And so I traveled to New York every summer for four years in a row. And I just did that. And I worked at a restaurant, you know, in the off season. And, and that was really fun. You know, I got to work with kids of all ages and, and live in New York with a bunch of foreigners. You know, people would come over from Europe and, and all kinds of places to, to work at the summer camp. Mm-hmm. And so I just I really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, I decided the last year I was there, the fourth year, you know, I was like, well, I want to move somewhere else. Where, where should I move to? And I had some family down in Orlando, Florida. And I decided, you know, let's go ahead and just move to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And so I moved down to Orlando in about 2014 and I was looking for a job and I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I needed obviously to find work, you know, as fast as possible. And I was on Craigslist and somebody had an audio video and home automation job posting. Wow. And I was like, what? I don't know what that is. Like, what is home automation? And, you know, so I, I went to the interview and, and they were doing basic things like installing TVs and speakers and sound bars. But, you know, they were also automating, you know, giant houses with lighting and shading and stuff like that. And so that just that that interested me immediately. And so I just I started doing that. And that's kind of how I got my start in the home automation space. Mm, that's cool. And then you're not in Florida anymore. Yeah, so well, what, I, what took I, you I, more? Got tired of Florida, you know, the, the constant heat and the constant humidity. I'm just, I'm not a fan, you know, I'm, yeah. I've been one of those people I've never uh, not like snow, you know, yeah. I don't want to deal with it, I guess, but it's not like the end of the world for me. Right. And so, you know, right. luckily we moved back up to Ohio. Um, I met my wife while I was down there um, and I brought her up to Ohio as well. So, so you're, a, she's a Florida girl, but you're that's not right. a Florida man. Yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, you don't you don't show up in the news as Florida yeah. man. Uncle Uncle Marv <laughs> loves to have his his uh, Florida man segment. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of crazy stuff down there. I think the heat just drives people nuts. You're probably right. It's just not not a good place though. You're probably right. Hometech.fm, what do you um what's your specialty there? Like what do you you know, I I know you guys don't intentionally do that, but do you have an area mm-hmm. that you're, is your most favorite? Um, I kind of play the role that, you know, I'm, I'm the professional insight. So, you know, after getting my start in, in home automation about two years ago, I decided to start my own company doing it as well. And so now I kind of come at it as an actual integrator and as a business owner who's installing a lot of the technology. Right. And so I bring, you know, the, the news stories that I talk about, they have some kind of impact on the professional space, but I'm also using them in my house in a DIY space as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I come out with all those stories is, you know, how am I going to use this with my customers? What, what do you find most rewarding about hometech.fm? Like in, in the podcast, what keeps you going week in and week out? What, what, what brings you to it? What do you like about it? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, honestly, it's talking with Seth and Gavin and just in hearing what they're talking about and what they're excited about. Yeah. You know, it's it's we can read blog posts and, and news articles all day long. But, you know, if, unless you know somebody with hands on experience with a lot of these these pieces of technology, it's hard to know if, if they're actually good or not. And yeah. so that's I, I like working with both of them because they, they do bring different experiences to the table um, and, th- and they'll tell you exactly how it works. When you think about the equipment that you work with, I'm going to go off the notes a little bit, but when you think you go off of the equipment you work with, that's the best. And then the stuff that is the worst, 
if you were just to think like today in the home automation space, what's the best? And uh, you hate to say worse because that maybe yeah. is a little liable, but what what do you what do you avoid? There we go. Maybe we're we talking like in terms of like brands or something. Yeah, yeah, brands or just you know, I like I think. Let me. I'll give you an example while you're thinking of this. Like a blinds, uh, you know, of doing automated blinds, mm-hmm. opening and closing. I've never had good luck with those. Yeah. And it's just one of those things I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to do that because I just have never found anything to work very well. So that for me, that's not my where where like the ring cams, the ring cameras, those just work great for me. Like I, I, I want to install those all day long. Mm-hmm. Easy. They're not the cheapest. Hmm. Not the cheapest to subscribe to. There's yeah. other ways to do it, but it works for me. So, in the in the in that home automation space, that's kind of what I lean towards. So, what what do you think for you? What do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's obviously going to be different per person and kind of what yeah, you're sure. used to and how you expect it. But I think for gold standards for me, Lutron would be the top um, because Lutron makes, you know, smart lighting controls and shades and some other stuff. Um, And it's one of those systems that if I put into somebody's house or business, I know it's going to keep working. Like you might have a failed product once in a while or something, but it's most generally going to be reliable. Um, Another one, which I think people might laugh at is Sonos. Um, I love Sonos speakers. They work great for me. Um, And they have a lot of networking issues and and stuff like that that kind of scares people away sometimes. Um, But that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know if there's anything that scares me away. Um, I don't... Throughout the business, I've kind of cut out installing some client-supplied things. And one of those things are like the the do the the camera kits you buy at like Costco or Sam's Club mm-hmm. or whatever the eight cameras and a and an NVR for like th- you know thirty dollars or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and so I've started. I, I I don't do those anymore. I used to do them. I used to charge like a crazy amount of money to do them because they're always a pain. But now I just don't do them at all. And most mm-hmm. of the time, it's just because of the software. It's just like they're they're a pain yeah. to work with, and they're just not good. Don't last very long. Not build yeah. very well. And then I always get calls thing. back. People co- call and complain. It doesn't work right or doesn't do this. And I was like, well, you bought it. So, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the home security camera space, are you, do you prefer like on site storage, uh, th- that kind of method where you have cameras where it's all local or would you prefer to have it go to a cloud service somewhere and Forgive my wife who's screaming in the back there. <laughs> All good. You might hear my cat eventually. So, um, no, um, there's, I'm sorry. What was the question again? Oh, so do you prefer on sites? That's okay. We were thinking about people screaming <laughs> in the background. Um, from a camera perspective, oh, yeah, on site storage on site or going to a cloud somewhere. You know, I'm a big fan of the on site. I don't think the on site has to be complicated or hard, but I think the on site gives you a little more flexibility because you don't have to pay a continuous fee for it. And so I think there's there's some limitations with that where you know you mostly have to do like hardwired cameras and if you want the really good cameras. Um, but I think if, if you're going to go in and you actually own the, the place that you want cameras in, then hardwired cameras make the most sense most of the time. But you do miss out on some convenient features that like Ring and, and other others do have. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those use case scenarios. I, I have um, we've talked about it over sh- several shows, actually. Um, I had ubiquity cameras all completely when we first moved in. I, I installed them when you know we bought the house um, and I've been slowly switching away from them. Um, to other hardwired cameras, um, but out of the ubiquity ecosystem. So, yeah, I always think I want that. And then 
I, I end up just going easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy another ring cam. I'll spend 30 bucks a year or whatever it is to, for the subscription. I've, I think I have four now. They just install super easy, mm-hmm. put up a solar, you know, a solar panel to power them and you're off to the races. But I do Uyghur set up hardwired, you know, POE, uh, brought them all in, had live feeds on a monitor where you could see them all the time. And I do, there's some moments I'm like, man, I wish I could see a live feed because Ring is definitely not live. Mm-hmm. Maybe every three minutes. Yeah. First world problem. Well, and like, that kind of, that answers the question too. You know, it's like, what do you want security cameras for? You know, I run into a lot of people where they just want cameras to like keep an eye on things once in a while. But then there's other people that are like, well, you know, if the neighbor's car gets stolen, I want to be able to go back and look at that. And it's like, well, then you need the, you know, the 24 seven recording and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, what you can do with wireless cameras, you know, there's some nicer cameras like Eufy um, by Anchor. Um, they have a little micro SD card slot, so you can do local recording on those. I mean, so it's it's not out of the question if you're going to do wireless cameras. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I talk myself into some of those, and then when I go to install them, I'm like, nah, this is too much. Yeah, <laughs> too much work. Well, especially That's, depending yeah. on the layout of your house, it can be a real pain right. to wire everything. So yeah, you got to send it down, and you got to you know figure out where the POE is going to get its power from mm-hmm. so you can send it out to it. And then it's always like, I'm trying to figure that out in the middle of winter or the middle of summer. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to be in the attic. It's too hot up there or whatever, you know, it's itchy. And so, yeah, no, it's, that's the story for me. That's my home automation story is I get started on things. If it gets complicated and Gavin knows this, I've talked to him about this before. He's, are you, are you a, 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 a um, a home assistant guide. You, you, I, you I am, but I'm not. I'm not as uh, as advanced as Gavin is. I basically I stop wherever the the text editor opens up. That's where I yeah. stop. And okay. so, home assistant, I've I've given it a shot many times over the years. And I think about two years ago, I finally fully converted. Um, and it's it is super easy compared to what it was. It, it still has some work to do, um, but just compared to everything else, home assistant's the best hub out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian says in chat, he says he's been enjoying some Ufi. Ufi? 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 I say Ufi. I don't know. Ufi? Okay. Yeah. Ufi camera. I, I was looking They're at it. Like, anchor. I don't know if I'm really uh, pronouncing this right. Uh, picked up a few months back, replaced some some wise cameras. And those those were real popular for a while, mm-hmm. too. I think maybe they still are. Do, do, do you think in this space those are still getting some love? Yeah, they're still popular. I think I think a lot of people got um kind of whiplash though because they they started putting paid features up and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind of hard when you start off as the the twenty five dollar camera and then start adding subscriptions and then slowly raising prices. I think mm-hmm. you drive away some of your base, but they're still you know among the cheapest cameras out right now. So you gotta make some money yeah. somehow. Yeah. Right at the end of the day, well, it's you always want the short term goal. It's always like let's get as many users mm-hmm. as possible and then you know right. change it yeah. all. I can hold them hostage and some will pay it's it works. I mean, companies do it all the time. Right. I mean, it's sometimes, I mean, there's some that have tried it and have gone out this, that home automation space has been not completely stable all the time. Right. We've had some jump in and then leave, (laughs) leave the space, like peace out. We're done. We're getting out of this, you know, we're getting out of this business, which is tough because people put these in their homes and then they got to rip them out. Right. And, and, and put in something else to make it work, which is kind of a hassle, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I stick to, I try to stick to all local stuff. I mean, it's, it's hard to do that with certain things. 
Um, but like, for example, my, my light switches are all Zigbee or Z-Wave. And so, you know, they don't use any internet or, or rely really on anybody. And so those are kind of nice. You know, I might have to update firmware or something. Um, but other devices, it's hard. You know, like I have, I have water monitoring. Um, I can't do that locally as far as I know. Um, I have energy monitoring. I can't do that locally as far as I know. So, I mean, you, you can't get away from the cloud all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Are you using Hubitat at all? Have you? Have I've you, used uh, it in the past, and I think I have it on a box somewhere. Um, I, <laughs> at, the, at the time, they didn't have a mobile app. And yeah. I was like, well, a mobile app's kind of important for, you know, a home automation system. And everybody was like, well, you can just use the website. I'm like, it's not the same thing, though. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's just, it's just not. Um, I used it after they came out with the, the app, but... At that point, I was kind of already moved on. They, you know, the, they, the new one I'm excited about is the Homey Pro. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, at all. no. What's that? Tell me about that. So that is a uh, European company, and they've been out for several years as far as I know. Uh, but they come, they have a, a new hub called a Homey Pro, and I think it's $399. So it's a little more on the expensive side compared to some other hubs you've seen. Uh, but it's got Zigbee and Z-Wave and Matter and Bluetooth and all these wireless standards. And it's kind of a, like a nicer, cleaner inter- interface um, compared to some other automation systems. Uh, but I just I really like it just because it has everything built into it. I would consider using this if I wasn't already invested with the Home Assistant. So they have a Homey and a Homey Pro. I'm assuming yeah, three ninety nine. This yeah. is it. Kind of looks cool. It's got a little RGB. Yeah, lighting it up. lights up and everything. Can't be. You can't have a offering without RGB lighting these days. Yeah, it's You're, got it, IR. Effort. It's got 433 megahertz. So I mean, it's got like pretty much every wireless standard you would want in a home automation hub. Mm. And they have two products. They have this one, which which is 399, and there's no monthly fee or anything. Then they have a cheaper one, which I think you basically pay a monthly fee for. Yeah, um, it doesn't have yeah. all the the radios and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we we always um, I have the old I have an old version of Hubitat. Oops, sorry, showing the notes there. Well, we'll get, move off of that. Um, I have an older. Sometimes I forget. Oh yeah, I'm showing that screen. Um, We're all friends. Uh, here. Yeah, that's okay. It was just the notes. Um, the uh, so uh, I've been I have an old version of Hubitat, and it's just it's kind of limited now, and so it sits there. But I can, I have a hard time getting rid of any technology. Like I I literally will keep it until it just doesn't work anymore. And I got to quit doing that because it's just, it's, it's just sitting there. It's, it doesn't, I, it doesn't use a lot of power. It's not, it, but it's probably is an attack surface <laughs> for somebody to come in on, uh, get into the network or something along those lines. So I have to check out this Homey Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the site up. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have taken it down, but just Google Homey Pro. Yeah. H-O-M. EY, right? Yeah. That way. Does how long that how long has that been out? How long has that been around? I, you know, I th- I want to say it's been about six months that it's actually been out. They've been doing reviews and stuff like that. So okay. I don't know that a, a significant amount of people have it yet, but you can find reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. And most of the reviews are are pretty positive from what I've seen. Is it Gavin and, approved? Does he approve of it? I think Gavin liked it, but it, he's he's on home assistant, so he's not going to convert anytime yeah, yeah, soon. Uh, no. Yeah. No. He loves his home assistant and it's yeah. a good, it, it's it a, is. It's so good. It's a good platform. I have it yeah. running right here on my surface pro, my old, it's an old mm-hmm. like three surface pro three. And, um, it, but it's perfect cause it's touchscreen. It's got all the touch targets. I've got a bunch of sensors on there. I can check how all the ring cams are doing. Although home assistant and ring don't, aren't that great together like. ring doesn't work with anybody so <laughs> that is that is not a home assistant thing that is just a ring thing 
It's terrible. Um, there's yeah. there's professional home automation companies that can't even work with rings. So yeah, it's terrible. On the on the assistant, on the Amazon assistant, the doorbell will ring and then it takes it's got to go to the website, grab the it's log in, <laughs> grab the picture. The UPS guy is long gone by the time they even get the camera turned on to see who it is. So that's that's not I I live in a pretty good neighborhood. So I'm not yeah. you know, I'm not too worried about that, but it is it is one of those things where it's it's super slow. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, so my daughter, as you know, she works at a library and you had mentioned in the notes, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about makerspace, uh, in, in the library. Do you have, are you involved in that at all? Is there something local to you for that? Yeah. So actually, um, I'm on the board for the friends of the library for Delaware County. Nice. So I technically live in Franklin County right now, but I was previously living in Delaware County. Um, and, uh, I'm very active in a lot of networking groups over in that, in that area. Um, so I go to chamber of commerce events and, and realtor events and everything else, you know, drum up business and, and find clients and all that fun stuff. And one day, I think it was about a year and a half ago. Um, this, this older lady came up to me and she was talking to me about the friends of the library. And I, you know, I don't really go to libraries anymore. It's not really my thing. Um, she started talking to me the library and I was like, what are you even talking about right now? And she's like, well, you know, we're raising money for this makerspace at the library. And, you know, we're just we're looking for people to donate money. And I was like, you know, that sounds really awesome. I, I think, you know, a, a makerspace could be really beneficial to the area. Um, we live in a pretty, uh, pretty nice area. Um, so, you know, raising money for the makerspace probably wasn't going to be a big issue. And so I, I was one of the first ones to donate to that makerspace. Um, and then, you know, so they, they finally got it built. And I decided, you know, that that was pretty cool that that the friends of the library, you know, exist and, and they're helping, you know, create this thing. Let's go ahead and, you know, get become active with them. And so I joined the friends of the library and, and officially next month I'll be on the board. Nice. And so I basically the, the nice. technology chair for the friends of the library. Well, that's cool. And what what do you like about it? I mean, what's the it's sometimes those civic obligations are yeah, very dry really difficult right? yeah it's, are you enjoying this is it or is that any different you just stomaching through it yeah you know it's interesting it's not something i've really been a part of i've you know i've worked for various companies and all that good stuff and i've never really been part of a board and so like the 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 legalities of it and, yeah. and the, the the meeting layout and everything like that that is it's very boring to me as a you know just spontaneous person Right. Um, but it, you know, it's one of those things that in order to make your area better, you have to give back. So that's, that's how you do it. You, you join these yeah. committees and groups and you, and you start working towards that. Did they put the makerspace in or is it still in the planning phase? No. So it is done. It is a very beautiful yeah. library. Let's see if I can, uh, yeah. uh, pull it up here. Um, but yeah, it is, it is all finished. Uh, the, the makerspace there is really nice. So they, they have two in Delaware County and, um, this one is the newest one. Um, it's just, it's a great space. They basically charge you nothing to use it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't understand it at all, but it's a library. So I guess that's how it works. Oh yeah. That's um, the, it's but, the last bastion of communism crazy. in America. <laughs> Everything else is capitalism, but yeah. not, not the library. Do what, what, what kind of, um, what kind of equipment did they put in? Uh, so they put in uh, uh 3d printers. Uh, so the PR USA, the, those printers, the really good ones. 
Um, and then I don't know the other the other names of the machines, but they have you know twenty thousand dollar laser engravers and mm. and vinyl cutting machines and VHS digitization machines and all kinds of crazy stuff. And is it, they, how long has it been open? Uh, this has been open about six months. Okay, is so, it getting much use? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So they have training actually as well. So they'll teach you how to, you know, make like simple 3D models and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you can actually print them. Um, but those classes are always booked up probably about a month in advance. Yeah. So very popular. Brian says out in chat, he says, this is just the type of thing I'd love for my local library to have. So, yeah. Brian, you should approach the librarian, the head, the head librarian. How did you get like, how did that get in? Somebody just asked you. Somebody came up. to Yeah, you, right? I mean, I, would, so, I just met the lady at a networking event. And she was telling me about the friends of the library. So yeah. um, that, that's yeah. how I found about it. I would never, never yeah. learned about it. But I'm assuming a lot of areas have this. I mean. I, yeah. I've talked to a lot of other people about the makerspace and stuff like that. And they've, they've mentioned that their libraries have a friends of the library. So more than yeah. likely your area already has one. You just have to join yeah. them it's and a, help. It's a popular it. group, right? Sometimes yeah. depending on the library, it depends on what they focus mm-hmm. on and some of those kinds of things. But that may be one of those areas where you, you, the listener could, could say, Hey, you know, let's think about it. Now it takes forever like to get some of these things going. It just takes patience and time and, you, and you're working with other people and you have to listen to other people's opinions on things and make some compromises. But uh, it's not, a, I think once you get going, uh, our library too has a friends of the library group that does a lot of great things, not just for the library, but for the library staff, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. yeah, like throwing like pizza parties and, yeah. and awards and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, we, we yeah. do that as well. So do you do you on the 3D printers? It's really common. You would pay filament mm-hmm. costs, but they it seems like as I've been asking about that pretty reasonable price for even some of those. You'd bring your your design in, plug it in, do some stuff, and then they would just charge you. Is that uh, is that what you guys are doing? Is, is yeah, same, same exact layout. I mean, and it's and it's very cheap. I mean, if you've bought filament before, you know, what is it? A, a 2.2 kilograms is, is $20, depending on where you buy it from. And so they're basically charging you whatever you use. And so unless you're printing something crazy, you know, super dense or super tall, uh, or you're just printing a lot of things, you're going to be paying nickels. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can't go anywhere else and get it that cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And, you and they'll show you how to do it. I mean, you just bring in the file and they'll show you how to do it right there. It's, it's have, great. Have you done much 3D printing? I have. So I actually, I, I ran a, a 3D print farm and sold on Etsy for a little bit. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> what is it? Th- I've never heard of this. What's well, so it's just a bunch of 3D printers set up, you know, running all the time, you know, making things. And I was okay. selling them on Etsy. Really? Just, yeah. And it, it was fun, but I, I got burnt out. You know, it was one of those things where you turn a hobby into a job and then it's just, yeah. it's not your true passion. Right. right. So, so I, I have to order things from you on Etsy. Yeah. You would put them on the printer, print them up and a couple days later, drop mm-hmm. them in the mail. And yeah, I was printing. Uh, have you ever heard of Milwaukee Packout? Like the, uh, the Milwaukee, they're like, uh, like modular tool cases that you buy right. from Milwaukee. Um, and, uh, they don't really make any like third party accessories for it. So that you can make stuff that like holds extension cords and levels uh, and whatever else. And okay. so I was selling a lot of that. Um, and I think at one time I had four or five printers set up. So, and just running all the time, all the time. It was crazy. It was the, it was so hot in my office, Jim. It was crazy. I had to constantly leave the window open and stuff just because all the 3D printers. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, just all the time. 
That would be hilarious. So you, gotta, you should have timed it to make some music. Out of, <laughs> I've uh, seen those uh, those on YouTube. Those are those are pretty cool. Oh, Gavin says uh, he uh, he says he didn't even know our his his library had a makerspace. Looks like fun. You can save so much money. So I, one of the things that was great is you know I go to a lot of these networking events and I, I meet a lot of new business owners. And there was this lady that um, I met that had a candle company. And, you know, she uh, started making candles in her dorm room and then it kind of blew up and she just she went crazy with the candles and she was opening a new store. And as, if you've ever opened a, a new building or or even just bought a house, you know, all the stuff that you have to buy for it and then all the stuff that you don't think you have to buy for it. And it all adds up. And yeah. I, I don't remember the quote she got for her sign. She made, you know, signs for the wall and, and the counters and everything else. And she made them at the library. And I think yeah. she spent like less than a hundred dollars to outfit like a giant, like 2000 square foot store. Yeah. Do you guys have a poster maker at the in yeah. your maker space? Yeah, yeah, we do too. Yeah. And like yeah. a vinyl cutter. So you can make like nice vinyl banners and stuff. They even have a little grommet, you know, hole punch thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can make like a full, you know, outdoor setup. Takes a little bit longer in some regards because you got to go in and get trained on it. They want to make yeah. sure you know how to use it, right? So yeah, you always need more time than you think you do, just because yeah. unless you've used it all the time, you you probably don't know how to yeah. use it. Sammy, uh, my daughter, she ends up helping the you know the old guys on the computers. You know they they want to come in and use the computer, help me get to this or help me get to that. One of them though, there's a, a, a neat story about that where um, someone they needed to get like somebody in the family had passed away and they needed to get access to something so they could get the money rolling to get things going for that. Right. And so they came into the library over the course of a couple of days, the, all the library staff helped them get that done. And uh, it's just kind of fun to see. Again, I think the library is one of those secrets that like for a generation and maybe my generation stopped mm -hmm. using the library. And so for a while it wasn't, utilized and now i think it's uh, maybe it's well maybe it's making a comeback who knows ken ken asked a question i don't know if you got an answer for this one he says is there a website to find the closest maker space that would be interesting ever heard of anything and like that i don't think so i think you would just want to visit whatever your local library's website is i you know i would just be rudimentary with it and do a google search for yeah. your yeah. county library and maker space and just see if anything pops up the city of Omaha built its own dedicated makerspace for a while. We took over a Borders bookstore that had closed. Oh, wow. And they converted that whole thing into a giant makerspace and um, got a big, got some big grants, some big money to be able to do it. It was super cool. They've, they've just recently moved it. And I don't know where it moved to, but it was there for, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. In fact, at one point, had a donut shop in the bottom of it, the coffee and donut shop that eventually closed I think the pandemic closed that. Yeah. And then I think the pandemic closed the big maker space too. Um, Tony thinks that the librarians should rule the world. They probably should. It might be a nicer place um, <laughs> if true. they, if they indeed um, do that. Any other, when, when you think about that maker space in the library, I mean, certainly if you're listening to this and you haven't checked your local library or maybe even the counties around you to mm -hmm. see what's available, anything else, any other advice you'd give or anything interesting that came out of that, or that it's coming out because you're involved in it right now in that makerspace? Uh, not, nothing that's coming out. I mean, the, you know, one of the unfortunate things is that, you know, to buy all the equipment costs a certain amount of money, but then you obviously have to maintain the equipment over the years as well. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of what, you know, the Friends of the Library does is they kind of help with the ongoing fundraising for the library every year. 
And yeah. so a lot of times when people think about these things, it's like, you know, great, you know, a printer's a thousand dollars. Let's go out and buy five of them. And it's like, well, that's that's the first step out of, you know, 20 steps because you have to keep making sure it works and you keep and you have to make sure that it's delivering the same thing every time. And so that's where that that fundraising arm, you know, comes from. And, and that's very important for every library or any organization to really have. Since you were a three 3D printing guy, I'll ask you this question, then we'll move on. But I always, you know, you think about those 3D printers at the library and you just said a minute ago, sort of. Yeah, you just take your file down there, put it in and print it. And yet every 3D printer guy or person that I know says, oh, I messed up the first one. I messed up the second one. It took me forever to get it right. So which, which TJ, which is it? Is it, can I really just take a file down and print it? Or am I going to need to mess with it when I get it down there? Well, so the beauty of the library, from what I've used at the 3D printers at my libraries at least, is that you don't have to do any of the the pre-printing stuff that you might have to do with your printer, like leveling the bed and everything. Oh, because okay. typically, from my experience at least, I don't know about everywhere, um, but they always did the calibration and everything. And so that way, when you go to actually print it, it just it just works. Um, and so, you know, most of the time I would say it is, um, it, it also, it's one of those things like everything else in technology, it depends on how much you spend, right? If you spend $200 on a 3d printer, you're probably going to have to tinker with it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. If you spend a thousand dollars on one, you're probably going to tinker with it a lot less. And that's yeah. where the, the library kind of excels because they're not buying the $200 printers. They're, they're right. buying the thousand dollar ones. Yeah. Yeah. We had, when we had Dave McCabe on, I don't know, a month or two ago, he had bought, I forget the brand name, but it really, you know, they're about eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars. And I, that's probably one of those things. You, no, it's definitely one of those things you get what you pay for. Absolutely. Right? Well, and the, and the nice quality of life improvements too, as you get more expensive in a 3d printer, you get auto leveling and, and stuff like that, where it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been out of the, the 3d, 3d printer space for about a year now. Um, but I think I might go back in. I'm looking at some resin printers uh, oh. recently. So if if you've got so say say I I break something on my car and there's a part for it that or there's a plan for it that would 3D print it that you know it's maybe it's a holder the you know a battery holder or something. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it, if the printer's good enough, could I could I get the file off the internet, take it down, and and what you're telling me is with their printers. Maybe it's a one trick pony and I just go in, it prints it just fine and I'm done because their printers are a little bit better. Generally, is that the way it works? Do you think? Yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a combination of the quality of the printer and just the fact that they're trying to make it work. So that way you're successful every time. Yeah. So, you know, they don't want you to come down and have a bad experience and then never use it again. So Mm -hmm. the the time. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Negative publicity. Yeah. Uh, Gavin got it. Uh, Bamboo McCabe lab. was talking about the bamboo lab. Printers. My uh, yeah. business partner just bought one of those. He really likes them. Yep. Yeah. So. Dave, Dave does too. He, um, because Tony says, uh, just ordered some 3d printed brackets and you can, well, you did this. So you, this is the other thing you can do is order somebody else's 3d printed. Mm-hmm. They 3d printed it, but prices could be very, very reasonable on that. Right. To, he did this brackets for his, for his, uh, ways vacuum. Yeah, They're cheap and they look great. And so that's another way to support someone else's 3D printer habit. Right? Yeah, and I've definitely used the online 3D printer uh, sites. I think it was like Cloud 3DP or something like that um, to order. Uh, because when you buy a 3D printer, as you go up in price, you also go up in the materials you can print as well. 
And so when you buy a cheap printer, you can do PLA most of the time. And then as you step up, you can do carbon fiber or metal or whatever it is. Um, and, and so, you know, if you, if you buy the nicer ones, you're able to, to do those things. Um, but I didn't feel like dropping $2,000 on a printer. So I ordered a, like an ABS car part or something for, you know, $50 off one of those websites. Right. It worked out great. Right. Yeah. Just don't print the shell for your submarine and you'll be, you'll be. Yeah. Don't do that. Hey, in the notes, you've got this, (laughs) this two words, litter robot. Tell me about the litter robot. This is my, my most expensive automation purchase to date yet. So this is a, uh, an automated litter box for your cat. Um, it, you oh, know, yeah. or, or for your small one. dog, I guess. You know? Not like throwing yeah. not like cigarette butts and some of those kinds of things. <laughs> not one of those, yeah. Cat litter. You know, yeah, yeah cat, cat litter. Uh, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a cat person. Uh, we have uh, two cats currently. And one of, the, one of my worst chores throughout the week is changing or, or scooping cat litter. You know, and if you have two cats, you have to have multiple cat bo- cat litter boxes. And then you got you to gotta change them out every day or two days or whatever it is. And it's just, you know, it's very annoying to do that every other day. And so I looked at this thing for, I think, like three or four years. And this year after we bought the house, I was like, I'm I'm getting one of these this year. I don't know. I'm done doing litter at this point. So does it really... Does it really work? Is it called Litter uh, Litter Robot? I think yeah. I think I've got it. Let me bring Litter it up Robot on the screen. Four. That's the is one I have. One? Yep, that's okay. the right one. Uh, so yeah, it, I think the base price is like eight hundred dollars. I mean, it's crazy. Seven hundred dollars. There it is. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, is it worth it? Is it worth uh, it? So I've only had it. I've only had it for less than a month. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to give my full review of it just yet. But I'm going to say that it's worth it, Jim. What does the cat think of it? That's the important thing. Did the cat, is the cat still going in there? Yeah. I mean, no problem. I mean, it, okay. she was a little hesitant at first. Um, she, we have a robot vacuum as well. Um, and she does not like the robot vacuum. She is terrified <laughs> of it. Every time it like goes, it's one of the self-emptying ones. And every time yeah. it goes off the little platform, she knows about it and she's already hidden. Yeah. And so I was worried that she wouldn't like this. And one of the reasons I, I, one of this one too is that it give you 90 days to try it out. And if you don't like oh, it, you, you send it back to them. And so, you know, we basically, I, I put it in there with the existing litter box for a day. And then the next day I removed the existing litter box and she was very hesitant at first, but now she's fine. She, she uses it without an issue. And basically the way it works, it's got a capture on the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so then it's got a sifter that goes around, picks yeah, it up. It's really genius. It the, bottom, right? the way they've designed it, I'm sure they've refined it over the years because this is the fourth one at this point. Um, but it's basically a giant uh, uh, ball. And yeah. the ball has a, a giant hole at the top. And that's where all the solid waste goes. And it has a little sifter. And it just spins around. And it's, it looks like a very simple mechanism to spin it around. And it just spins around. And as it goes around, the, the litter goes through the great thing. And then the solids collect and they just drop right to the bottom. So, I mean, it's a relatively simple design. Yeah. Okay. So like I've seen the mechanical versions of these where I like it. Yeah, it's like the dragon, the thing, the rake or, or whatever. Um, wh- what makes this smart for you? I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an app. Are you using yeah. the app? Like it says it'll weigh the cat and some of those other kinds of things. Like what do you use the app? The the app is pretty interesting. I mean, so it's one of those things that like right now I'm basically using the app to make sure that the cats are using it because it's so new. 
And so that was the biggest thing. Um, it does track the weight, which is kind of cool. Um, so that way I can, you know, as, as the days go on, I can see if the cats are losing weight or whatever. Not, not that big a deal to me. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is honestly just the auto emptying. I don't really care about the app portion. It's cool that it's there, but it's, you know, it's the auto emptying and, and the reliability of it. That, that was the reason I wanted it. Ironically it's enough, it integrates with home assistant as well. So you can have it do things. And so the first time I got it connected and, you know, the cat was still scared of it and everything. And I was yeah. like, well, I, you know, I have the app and it notifies you whenever it runs and everything. But I was like, I'm going to go ahead and make an automation through home assistant. And mm. so I had an automation set up that whenever she used the restroom, it came over the speakers and then let us know in a kind of vulgar way. <laughs> So, you know, that's, that was the, you know, the automation part was interesting to me, but it wasn't like a big seller. The the big seller was that everybody that I know for the most part likes theirs. Yeah. Um, And they're, they're very hit or miss. If you've looked at any of the automated litter boxes in the past, the, the automated rake thing that you were talking about is the most common. And I've heard nothing but bad things with those. Right. Yeah. Well, we've, we have a new cat and. uh, Sammy's in charge of the cat. So she'd have to buy the $700. Yeah. Which is not going to (laughs) happen. But, but, um, smart scale. Um, Tony says, uh, by weight supposedly can discriminate by which cat and, and their bathroom habits. So it's keeping track of the cats, the frequency. We had an older cat that had a, um, a kidney problem. Yeah. That we wanted to monitor. And that would have been, we use pretty letter. There was another question in chat. Do you need, Ken asks, do you need to use a certain brand of litter? Do they say you can only use our brand? Or no, so supposedly you can use any good clumping litter. And okay. so right now I think we're we're using Tidy Cats or something. We, we go to Menards and, and buy a bunch of litter at okay. one time. So um, whatever the clumping litter is from Menards is, is what we buy. Um, so no problem there. The, the only thing I can see that you might have to buy from them, there's the waste bags where everything drops into it's kind of a weird shape, but I feel like you could probably use like 10 or 20 gallon trash bags for it if you really wanted to. Okay. So uh, nothing as far as I can tell is, is proprietary, you know, in, in terms of consumables, at least. <laughs> Real time stats is what they say on the website. Yeah, Like uh, health insights. And that may be, you know, as you think about, I mean, there is some, something to this is our cat was having kidney problems. Mm-hmm. He was, they, he was visiting, you know, the litter box a little more frequently there could be some things with this, especially with the advent of some AI reporting on this, where it you might the the app might alert you, hey, you might want to take the cat in because of this or whatever, right? Yeah, we we went through the same thing. We had an older cat that developed some kidney issues, yeah. um, and basically, you know, we obviously felt awful about it and and how long it possibly happened and all that good stuff. But right. that was basically like, you know, cats are pretty good about hiding everything, so they're yeah. not going to come out and tell you. Dogs are usually you can tell they're moping around and everything like that, but cats usually act pretty fine. So it's hard yeah. to know, and you know, if you do have this information, you can kind of track that. Okay, so you're a month in. Thumbs up. Are you still? Is it? You know, where where would you land on good purchase so far? What do you I w- think? I would say good purchase so far. I don't think I'm going to return it at this point. We've had a couple small things where it goes to like cycle, and then it doesn't. But I don't know if that's going to be like a big deal to me or not. Mm-hmm. You know, we just we just run the cycle again, and it's fine. Yeah. And so that, I guess my, my only concern is the longevity of it, right? You know, it's, it's a big, it's a big purchase. And is it one of those things that's going to work for five years or is it only going to work for two years? 
Yeah. And so I, I usually don't buy the warranties on things, but I did buy the three year warranty on this. Oh, and okay. so it's supposedly according to them, if it breaks or, you know, whatever, then they'll replace it or fix it or anything for that for three years. So Do, did you join any cat out. community while you were, is that they're like a litter, litter robot cat community? I, I have not. You- no. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, when, whenever I look for new products, I, I just do research on it forever. Like right. I just do research on it until I, it drives me nuts and then I just decide to buy it. And so I've, I've been watching YouTube videos and reading Reddit reviews and everything else about this product. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just like, let's just do it. Uh, Tony says out in chat, we have a cat, but haven't been able to get his wife to spend the money on something oh, like that. It's very expensive. Uh-huh. Ken says vet approved. My wife thought it was crazy when I said, let's buy it. <laughs> well, you know, it's, do you have a, ro- you said you have a robot vacuum cleaner. I what, do, yeah. What, what, do you, what do you have? Uh, it's one of the dream tech ones. I don't know if you've heard of that company, but it's mm-hmm. some, some Chinese company. Um, I, I think they, they get their products from Xiaomi or, or vice versa. How long um, do you have it? That one we got shortly after moving into the house and we, we bought our house in June. And so we, we've had it for about five months. I think it's great. I mean, it, it has a mopping feature, but it's, it's just like a wet, you know, towel, basically. Okay. And so we don't use that part. But the, the auto run feature and everything is great. I get I get to the point every time where I'm going to buy one of those things and then I chicken out. I'm, you know, I just I'm like, ah, because I do the vacuuming this month since surgery two three weeks ago. They, they, they put a 10 pound limit on me and that vacuum cleaner to get it across some of our mm-hmm. carpet really takes some effort. So I've been like, well, fortunately, Sarah has been picking up the slack, but I thought, you know, maybe this is a good time to pick up. I'm just a chicken. Maybe I'll wait till after Christmas. <laughs> do you do from a tech perspective? Do you find it used to be there were a lot of good tech deals after Christmas? One. Do you think that's still true? And two, do you do you take advantage of it at all in in any of your home automation purchases? You know, I'm I'm one of those awful people. I I buy throughout the year, and so I don't really know how that plays out anymore. Um, you know, I actually have a ban starting around November from buying myself anything uh, for, for the Christmas and stuff like that. So, okay, hold on. I was listening. You have a ban on yourself till when? Well, I'm not, I, you know, I, I buy stuff throughout the yeah. year. And so yeah. I see something and I'm like, Oh, you know, I should buy that oh, and yeah. play with that. And so I, I try to give myself a, a, a pass, you know, starting yeah. November. So that way I don't ruin any gotcha. Christmas gifts or anything. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I, this, this is, this, is what I'm wearing, this, this hoodie that I'm wearing. I, I, I wanted to make sure I loved it so much. I want to make sure I, I didn't miss it. And so I bought it and, Sarah was out of town when I bought it. And then she comes home and she's like, did you buy that chief's hoodie? <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, Oh, I just got yep. that for you for Christmas. Yep. I, was like, I didn't want to miss it. Happens all the time. I missed it a couple of years ago. And yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm not, that's a good, that's a good, we should, we should do that more often where we stop buying in November, <laughs> maybe even October. Like, Hey, you know, you could probably go a month or two of your life without buying you know, something, those kinds, you can still buy the stuff you need. Right. right. I, Absolutely. I, right. I bought some. Well, and you sneak one in there once in a while too, you know? So I, I do a lot of work yeah. for, for my clients and stuff. And so once in a while I throw a little toy in there for me too, you know? Yeah. I'm already ordering yeah. all right this on. other stuff. Might as well right add on. something for, my, for myself, you know? Right on. What's your, okay. So you talked about the cat, the litter, the litter robot, but did you think the home automation, did I ask this already? If I did say it again, your favorite, your favorite home automation thing, that's in your house. What do you, what, what do you really like the best in your house? 
that you use? I think the favorite thing for me, just in general, I, I think would just be lighting control. Um, so no matter what, if, if I had to go with a specific product, I really like these, uh, these zoos double switches. It's a, a, a dimmer and a, a fan switch at the bottom. How do you spell that? Uh, Z O O Z. Okay. And I don't Zoos. know. There's like a, there's like a specific model number, uh, Zen 30. So zoos okay. Zen 30. Okay. And so these things are great. If you have newer ceiling fans, you, uh, that it kind of stinks because, Newer ceiling fans suck, um, but older ones, they're all D- uh, AC powered. And so these double switches are great because, uh, let's see. So type in the Zen 30. Up here, see let's find see. That somewhere. Zen 30. Yeah. Shop all okay, you keep talking and I'll. But I'll... It's, a, um, it's a double switch. So it's got a dimmer at the top and then it's got a physical button at the bottom. And so my house uh, that we bought was built in 1959. And uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's just this time period or this, these houses or what, um, but we have a lot of two by two walls. So, you know, standard wall is two by four. Um, we have two by two walls. So we have super thin oh. walls on the interior wow. of the house. And so I can't do double switches. I have to do a single switch to control a ceiling fan and the light. Okay. And yeah, that's the, that's the switch right there. I think that's my favorite product, honestly. And it's so simple. Really? But it's one of those things that like, it just, it solves such a big problem. I've got it. I've got one in the bathroom. I've got one in the den and then one in each bedroom. Well, that's cool. So just a, a what, simple. What's the, what's the retail in something like this? I think they're only like 30 or $40. They're not much. Yeah. yeah if you buy it yeah. on, can you find them? Do you have to get it from their site or can you, no, I think you can get them on Amazon and everything else? Um, and, they, and this actually, I bought a lot of stuff from the smartest house, which you have pulled up right now. Um, they they have a lot of Z-Wave uh, devices. And so I bought a lot of, when I bought the house, I bought a lot of my stuff from them. Well, that's cool. How, how much, so how long have you been in that house? Uh, six months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, how much automation do you think you put in there since you? Well, so everything's automated at this point, kind of. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it depends on your definition of automation. But yeah, we did. Yeah, I did yeah. all the lights as soon as we moved in. So we changed okay. light fixtures and I installed light switches. And in our house is only twelve hundred square feet, so it's not not a very big house. Um, twelve hundred twelve hundred square feet, uh, single story ranch. Um, and so I think I have you know maybe twenty thirty light switches altogether. So that wasn't bad. Um, but I did all the, all the smart home stuff within the first month of buying the house. We, we didn't move in until July. Um, and so I immediately I started installing the switches and stuff. Garage door opener? No garage. So no, unfortunately okay. not. Okay. Gavin approves. This can't go wrong with the zoos. Yeah, zoos are great. I have them for my, my door sensors and some outlets and stuff like that. They work great. Um, did you put cameras in? Yeah. So I went with ubiquity cameras initially. Okay. Um, so I have, I yeah, still yeah. have a ubiquity doorbell and then I have ubiquity, uh, wireless indoor cameras, uh, okay. for whenever we're on vacation or whatever. Um, wow. I went with ubiquity outdoor cameras at first, um, but we don't have a lot of like street lights and stuff in my area. Okay. And so a lot of the cameras at nighttime were not good. Uh, they were very dark. And so I only had those for about five months and I've swapped those out. Um, I'm running some rebranded Chinese cameras, um, that have starlight sensors in them. Have you seen the starlight sensors at all? I've seen the the output of them where they, yeah, where they, yeah, yeah. Like crazy. It's kind of, you can kind of color freaky. night vision. It's yeah. it's crazy. It could be pitch dark out, and it, it can yeah. be color still. Is it um, green or gray on the uh, on the picture, or is it 
do they get color on those? No, pictures? so they get color. So if it's the starlight oh. sensor and there's enough ambient light, um, yeah. they're they're really good at nighttime. Um, so I've been swapping all my cameras out for those. Um, that was prompted though because we had some animal digging up our yard, and okay. we couldn't we couldn't go back in the cameras and look. It was too dark. Yeah. And so these cameras are crazy in comparison. Um, you'll have to uh, drop me a link to those. But um, Joe asks, are those switches, are they Wi-Fi, Z-Wave? Those are Z-Wave. The the Zoos Zen 30, the double switches are Z-Wave. And so that's what I did with my house is most of my stuff for like sensors and like actual automation is all Zigbee or Z-Wave. Yeah. And so the, the thermostat Z-Wave, the door sensors are, are Z-Wave and everything like that. Yeah, they've got the Z-Wave Plus uh, sign right there. So, and and just to say again, it's a double switch. So it's the light. I'm assuming this is the light part up here right. and this is the fan down below, right? Yeah, so like this is a good example. Like in the bathroom, uh, if you have, you know, if you have the exhaust fan uh, right. and then you also have your your sink light you could have the sink light controlled with the top portion here, the dimmer port, and then the actual exhaust fan turn on with the, the bottom button there. Yeah. So really great switch all around. Ty says uh, that you got a small house, which is perfect for Z-Wave. Yeah. Well, that does help out quite a bit because we're not going very far with a lot of our stuff. So, and, and where I have, so I have a rack full of equipment in basically the center of the house, which also helps out. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to get the, you got to get the signal there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta gotta happen somehow. Just just part of it. Yeah. Well, that it's interesting. So for you, first wave was all lighting, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you've you've kind of. I'm sure you're going back through. Have you have you thought about any of the 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 like the home automation gadget stuff on like fridges or ranges or any of those kinds of high end where they're trying to get some smart stuff in the appliances? Have you looked at any of those? Not really appliances. I've tried to do various things. Like I have um, a whole house electricity monitoring. So I actually had a, a oh, mo- yeah. an energy monitor s- installed inside the electrical panel. Is that the so, orange one? The, uh, so this orange one, one? the sense, that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Um, this one's called Emporia View 2. It's kind of got a weird name, um, but it's, it's, it's cloud-based, um, but it's based off what's called ESP Home. And so you can actually flash the firmware and make it all local. Um, and I haven't done that yet. Um, but that's the only appliance thing, I would say. Okay. I'm not really interested in smart appliances. I don't know what it is, but I just don't see any benefit in some of them. Maybe like the stove one, like if you left the stove on or something like that. See, I don't need to I've been cooking. Remotely. I've been cooking so much since the pandemic. And... Now that I got the smart app for my car where I remote start it in the cold morning. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? There would be some moments where I'd like, hey, I'm gonna I'm getting ready to go up and start dinner. Let's just preheat that oven to 425 fan and get it like let's just get it rolling. Even if I don't know what's on the recipe card for HelloFresh, like I know it's gonna be an oven thing. Let's just get it going. That way when I do get up there, I can turn it off, reset it to whatever the recipe says. Or it would be even awesome as if I could put the recipe in and uh, and it would interface with the app and say, hey, I have this recipe at this time, turn on the stove to that, you know, to that temperature just to get it going. Now, stove gets up to temperature in seven minutes. So it's not like it's that big of a deal. It's also not like the car where you're waiting outside the stove <laughs> like this <laughs> for the thing to warm up, right? You're, you're fine. 
But it's it's that kind of uh, for me, it's that kind of convenience. It would be that kind of convenience. It would also be, and I didn't realize until how important this was until I put the garage door automation in. I was forget for a while. I was forgetting to shut the garage door at night, and it would say, "Hey, if it's still open at midnight, shut it." Right? Yeah, those and are that the was night. a helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real, real helpful automation. Now that was another one where the pandemic kind of broke us of that habit because we just weren't going out as much. And so the, that, that function actually stopped working uh, maybe a year ago and I haven't missed it. You know, I've been like, yeah, I pretty much get it shut every, every time now, but there was a while there where I didn't, the thing with the area that backfired on me, I was saying for a while, Hey, shut the garage door 30 minutes after I open it regardless well, on Saturdays when I was out doing yard work, I'd go out through the garage door and then it's shut. <laughs> and you're like, ah, <laughs> then I'd have to, here's, a, here's, a, here's the worst first world problem in the world. <laughs> I'd have to get on my watch and go to the apps. Well, it's always the most frustrating time too. Cause you're like, no, why did it already shut? You know, oh just need to go gosh. in there real quick. No, right on. Just what a, yeah. What a, no, what I sent a, you a, yeah. I sent you a couple of pictures uh, through the chat there. I was trying okay. to share my screen, but for some reason, Chrome isn't letting me. Um, but you can go ahead and share these if you want. Where'd you drop um, them? Uh, through oh, in Discord. our chat. Yeah. Oh, in the Discord. Yeah. So okay. this is, um, you can show these on the screen if you get it pulled up. This yeah, is the before and after of my camera upgrade. And so the the before is the the darker one. Um, and it's with the, the $200 ubiquity camera. I think the G4, the G5. Okay. Let's see. Give me a second here. Let me slide this over here and then let me, we'll take this share screen. I haven't done it this way before. So let's bring it over to the window. Okay. So that's before, right? So that's before that's with the, the, the $200 ubiquity, a G4, or G5. I can't remember. Uh, but it's around $200, $150, $200, somewhere around there. And then that's the new one. So that's the starlight sensor. That's so the, that's, 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 that's at, at nine o'clock at night, which you, I think we probably have the same kind of sunset and sunrise yeah. in a way. Yeah. And so nine o'clock at night here is, is basically pitch dark. So isn't that crazy? The difference though? Seriously, that's night. And yeah, that, and that's uh, wow. I think that's a $200 camera. So it's a $200 rebranded, okay. you know, hike vision or, or dial wow. camera, something wow. like that. No, that's, I haven't seen them that clear before. That's pretty great. Yeah. Wow. I've installed a lot of those for, okay. for businesses, for parking lots and stuff like that, because no matter what time of night yeah. it is, you, you always get that great picture. Heck yeah. Yeah. So if you're okay. looking for cameras, look for the starlight sensor. That makes a big difference. Oh, what did I do with discord? And even okay, wise so, has a starlight sensor. So, um, I will do me a favor in that same Drop a link there so I know I can go back and throw that in the show notes mm -hmm. uh, for me. Um, TJ, last question for you as you think about in uh, you think about next year uh, or projects that are on the horizon. What do you what are you leaning towards or what are you looking forward to putting in? What's like maybe the next big home automation project for you? Yeah, the next big thing for me is going to be gardening. So one of the things that we wanted when we bought the house is we wanted some kind of outdoor space where we could, you know, grow our own vegetables and, and kind of hang out and everything like that. Um, but kind of like the litter box, I'm a, I'm a little lazy on things I have to do every single day. And one of those things I don't want to deal with, and, and honestly, it's just because I'll probably forget, is the automated watering of the garden. And so we're going to do a bunch of raised garden beds uh, in the backyard 
And so I started playing with some automation for watering. And so I think it was probably September. I bought these Zigbee controlled uh, smart valves uh, for hoses. And so it basically just goes and in between, you know, the hose spigot and the actual hose, and it gives you an app to actually control it. And so you can set it up for a timer for 20, 30 minutes or whatever it is, and it'll run the watering. Um, so that's a very simple way to do it. I know Gavin has automated his sprinkler system. I don't really have a sprinkler system, so I'd have to build something. And it seems like the easiest path forward would be going with the spigot functionality. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, for a retro, especially if you're going to retro them in. Yeah. And we don't, yeah. we're probably going to be at this house for five years or something and then, and then right. find another house. So it's not something I'm going to invest a ton of money into, but you know, if we invest a couple hundred dollars into it, it makes, you know, watering the garden easier and yeah. we can, we can eat those vegetables and everything else. That would be great. Yeah. No. And it's a great, it's a great, I, sprinklers get harder, right? Yeah. Cause you've got, you're, you're talking about area and you got to check them all the time, make sure they're not spraying out into the street or whatever. Right. Where in a raised garden bed or even just a regular garden, those are generally the less sensitive um, outputs, right? You're doing drip or you're doing, you know, you're doing some kind of flow that you want it on for a certain time period to turn off. I mean, you can get some, you can get some pretty good now manual timers that do that pretty well that are, they're not completely smart, but they're not also uh, dumb either. They'll do some timing things for you to kind of keep them up, to keep them up. What are you, um, so how, how much garden space you're putting in and you know, you only need one zucchini seed, right? That's all <laughs> yeah. you need. That's all yeah. You need. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how many we're going to do yet. We still have to play in the space. We're, um, we have a chain link fence right now that we're having to replace with a privacy fence in the spring. And I think once we do that, we'll kind of determine the actual layout and everything. Um, because I don't know exactly okay. where the fence is going to go yet. You know, it's going to go mostly in place of the existing one, but uh, we got to do that and get a shed. So once we do that, we'll figure out the layout of the garden. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I think every year that I'm going to do some kind of vegetables and then spring comes around, I'm like, now nah, I'm just going to do flowers. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to eat the food. Well, and you got to start it early too, which I never do. You know, you got to start it in, in May, yes. April or April, May, you know, and I never do that. So Doors, get I started going. in June. I throw some seeds out in the garden. I'm like, mm -hmm. there you go. Mm -hmm. Did you try and throw a link in the, in I the Google? I did. It, did not yeah, work it won't out. work. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'll send you that. Uh, that you can you drop it in the, um, uh, drop it in the discord that you and I are in and I'll yeah, throw it in the show notes. Perfect. I'll throw it in the show notes when we go forward. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's good. A, uh, a robot lawnmower. I've looked at those too. Yeah. Have you ever looked at those, Jim? Yeah, uh, well, that's another one of those things that I They're think about all the ones. time. Yeah, and and then I kind of think I almost built my own. Yeah, for, I was thinking about doing that for a while, and then again, it gets, just gets complicated, and I'm like, ah. And then chop some neighborhoods can't uh, neighborhood kids uh, hand off, and you never hear the end no. of it. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you think, would that be for what you're trying to do? Would that be helpful? Honestly, I, I don't mind mowing the grass. And so I've never really thought about automating it. it's one of those things that like, I like to put the headphones in and just, you know, I have a small yard anyway, so yeah. it, it takes me an hour maybe to mow and, and weed whack and everything. So I don't mind it, but I honestly started considering it when I looked at getting an electric lawnmower, just because the price of an electric lawnmower and a, a, an automatic lawnmower is really not that much different. Yeah. If you get the really high end expensive, you know, robot lawnmowers there, they get, you know, two or $3,000. Yeah. But yeah. you can buy a base one for eight or $900 now. 
Yeah. Which I don't think is that bad. And the Ego electric lawnmower I was looking at is, I think, about $600. Mm-hmm. And then you got to buy a couple extra mm-hmm. batteries and all this other stuff. So it's yeah. about the same price. Yeah. I, I love my gas. It's, <laughs> listen, I, I'm a little crunchy and I hug trees just like anybody else does at times. But I, I went electric way back in the day before electric was popular. And I, I gave me five, six good years of, and it was still lead acid in those days. So mm-hmm. I had I had to replace the lead the lead acid battery a couple times. You know, you'd use heavier the same, too, you know. Oh yeah, heavier. Although the thing didn't weigh very much, just to be honest. It just the the lead acid batteries just didn't give you the life that the you know the 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 you know the lithium ion phosphates now give you. It had super awesome crank that thing could crank hard yeah now, not for very long right that was the other thing it just didn't last as long so i, I got kind of turned off on it early and then um I, maybe now if i bought one it'd be a better it'd be a better experience maybe the next mower i get but i love my gas mower yeah and it, and i'm taking lawn away at this point right i'm getting less and less lawn in my yard i've been putting more things in so it's and it's pretty complicated like to get a robot mower out there it'd have to be really pretty good at i mean my 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 polygon that is my yard is pretty complicated so it it uh, yeah no i feel i feel the same way too so i think the ones i was looking at was like i would basically have to buy like the 2500 hundred dollar one or something to like make it worthwhile like it came with the gps and the the line tracking and all that stuff and it's like i'm not i'm not gonna spend that on this house no if i had a bigger property or something it takes me an hour to mow it once a week at most i'm not that worried about it right right yeah yeah It's it is one of those things, I, and the reviews haven't always been the greatest. Yeah. You know, you, you watch the reviews and like, yeah, it kind of cuts, but uh, you know, yeah, it so also. Seth has one from uh, from the podcast from Home yeah. Tech, and um, he seems like he likes it overall, but I feel like half the time he's just messing with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 fallen into a ditch or it's gotten lost or something like that. <laughs> it's like, I don't, you know, automation is supposed to make my life easier. I don't want to have to yeah, deal with these yeah. problems all the time. See, I'd go out and watch it. I'd stand on the deck <laughs> and I just watch it do its thing, you know, because it's kind of satisfying, yeah, you know, to absolutely. watch a thing. So, and then I'd watch it for about ten minutes, and then I'd start monkeying with it. To yeah, you get just get it. annoyed like, at how go, it's doing it, you know. Yeah, hey, why, why are you going over in that corner eight <laughs> yeah. times? You know, and then you're then all of a sudden you're messing with the programming and you're doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's like, like it's like uh, watching the robot vacuum. I only let it run when I'm away because sometimes it like it does stuff and I'm like, I don't want to be here for this. You know, it just it runs over random things. And it's like, yeah, like it had it crashed into a mirror one time for us. We have this mirror really? that sits on the floor okay. uh, in the hallway. And I guess the, the LIDAR bounced right off of it and just ran right into it. And I was right outside the front door, and I just hear crash. Oh, no. And I run back inside, and the mirror's fine; it didn't break somehow. Yeah. But it's like it just ran right into it. And so I don't know. I don't know if I trust yeah. the, a lawnmower to do that. You know? I know we don't. We don't have a lot of square footage in here, and it's there's a lot of things on the floor. Yeah. And I, I, that's the other thing that stops me. I'm like, I'd have to be moving things around. Yeah, you have to pick up all the time. Yeah. Oh, you get the, the notification that something's jammed in the wheels, which I yeah I get that notification quite a bit. Uh, Brian says, uh, in his area, all gravel or zero scape desert yards around, he's down in the Phoenix area. Um, right. Did I get that right? Brian Phoenix, right. Um, when he was a kid, there were many more yards with lawns, you know, folks are friends in Vegas. It's the same way, right? They're not, 
Rock nobody's Marcus. putting in lawn. Yeah, nobody's yeah. putting in lawns anymore. Yeah, he's in he's in the Phoenix area. Well, here in Nebraska and out in Ohio, we have very very similar. In fact, your weather is almost identical to ours. It's just a day so, later. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's, you know, I can, we get a snowstorm on Tuesday. You guys have it by Wednesday and, uh, and it goes pretty well. Yeah. Well, TJ, anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, um, and, and I want to say thanks, but anything else? No, I don't think, I think that's pretty much it. You know, we talked about a lot and I'm sure there'll be more come up in the future. Um, I did want to point out, you know, if you, if you do enjoy listening to technology and everything, um, give home tech a shot. Uh, yeah. we actually had a really good episode, episode 462, uh, we talked about matter and the, and the future of matter, the the new home automation standard that everybody's talking about. Yeah. So if you, if you're really interested in that, you know, I think all three of us were very skeptical of matter and kind of just wrote it off. And then after this interview, we we kind of all turned uh, turned into believers. So it's it's a really good episode that you should check out if you're interested in the home automation space at all. Check it out, hometech.fm, and you can find that on your podcast player. And make sure you subscribe to it. You guys do some great work over there. Uh, we'll get Seth on, and then my goal will be to get each of you talking about each other <laughs> while you're on the show. Uh, or, or maybe we should get Seth on, and then I should we should do a show where we have all three of you. There on. we go. And Let's we do that. Cover some, we cover some home on, and then then we do the round robin where we talk about everybody comes on and talks about the other two well, while we, they're on, the, they're on here. So. We just did our uh, our fireside chat this week where we had uh, oh, yeah. Richard Gunther on as Richard. well. So yeah. Yeah, that that's always fun. It's uh, it's always a good time, you know. It's a good time to reflect and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. Is he? Um, I haven't listened to a home on in a while. Is he still making home on? Yes, uh, he's still doing that. And then yeah. he's got um, and he's gonna kill me if he hears this. I think it's can't remember the name right now. Uh, he's got a couple other podcasts that he's got going on though. Uh, another yeah. one with Adam Justice as well. So oh. Yeah, good. And he's always he's hanging out with Josh Pollard too, Entertainment Two. Yeah. And they do a bang up job. I'm still listening to that on a fairly regular basis. So, so pretty good stuff. Well, TJ, thanks for coming out. Thanks for uh, for answering the call, and thanks for being the guest tonight. I appreciate it. We'll have you back again. if I ask you again. Will you say yes? Absolutely. I'm sure I can always find something to talk about. So as long yeah, as it involves yeah. home automation of some sort, I have oh, yeah. something to talk about. Yeah. Well, and then be proactive with me too, where. Um, if you got something new that you want to talk about, you're like, Hey, this would be a good thing. Just send me a note and we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a whole show on it. So, um, appreciate you coming on. Can you hang around for a sec while I wrap this thing up? Okay, perfect. Um, again, if you want to check it out, home tech, all one word, hometech.fm and, uh, make sure you get subscribed to that on your podcast player. If you want to join us in our discord group, we mentioned a couple of times, we have a really friendly discord group. Uh, jump out to the average guy.tv slash discord uh, jump in there and uh, and get signed up and that's uh, eh, the friendliest discord group I'm in although I have a family one too weirdly enough my family has kind of landed on discord as the family chat and uh, and so that's where we're doing we we did Facebook for a while but now we're all on discord so join us over there um, you won't see my family in that group we have a separate group for that if you want to leave me a message you got a comment a question whatever uh, uh, head over to homegadgetgeeks.com and leave a message there. Don't forget both web and media hosting hosting for this show powered by Maple Grove Partners. If you need a website, you need uh, some hosting, Christian's got some bang-up plans over there for as little as $10 a month. Check it out, maplegrovepartners.com. He can do just about anything. He's the smartest guy on the planet. So uh, he's forgotten more than I know. 
So uh, uh, check it out. Maplegrovepartners.com. Last live show for the year, uh, taking next week off. And then on the 4th, uh, when we're back, I'm actually doing one of those shows where uh, we had the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer for Bark at bark.us. They provide uh, monitoring solutions for parents, for their kids, for the internet, which is cool. They have both a router now. They have a premium service for your phone, uh, an app that you can buy. And now they have phones built particularly special, especially for your your kids uh, that you can give to them. And it's got Bark built in. It just gives you some ability to kind of monitor and, uh, and lock some things down if you need to. So on the 4th, yeah, on the 4th, when we're back uh, in 2024, I'll be doing the first ever opening the show by myself, playing in that interview, and then wrapping up the show. So come out and join us. If you've never joined us for a live show, come out and join us for that one. Uh, January 4th at theaverageguy.tv slash live, 8 p.m. Central. I'd love your feedback on it. Just a different way. TJ, you guys know how hard it is. If you get to get an industry, if you get an industry expert, they're not coming out on an evening, right? To do a to do an interview, you got to do it during the day, right? Yeah, ours ours always has to be in the middle of the day. So, uh, I I run a couple companies, and it's always hard to schedule those because you know you have to do it so far in advance, and you never know what's going to pop up. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it used to be cool to do the pod, like you'd say, hey, podcast, and it was in those days, podcasts were still pretty kind of cool, not cool, but they were unique that's probably the, the right word so i could get people to come out in the evenings they would do that it's getting harder and harder to get that done yeah so, so i'm going to do some interviews on that well if you're joining us live uh thanks for coming out and in a reminder we'd love to have you join january 4th 8 p.m central the average guy.tv slash live for those who joined us live thanks for coming out with that we'll say goodbye <laughs>